Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we thank You so much for Your goodness and we love You and we thank You for being in this place with us already. Uh, Lord, we pray that You'll continue to fellowship with us as we seek to to magnify Your name and as we desire, uh, Father God, to hear Your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning I want to share with you uh, a story that I read from another pastor. He talks about a, a, a what must be similar in so many other places. He talked about a teacher who was in the first grade. Uh, not that she was in the first grade, but she was teaching the first grade. And uh, she was dealing with all these little first graders that are still new to, to school and still learning how to, to act in school. And of course, uh, when you're a teacher of small children like that, you look forward to an opportunity to let them go outside and burn off a lot of that energy. But this particular day was uh, was just so wet and so uh, gloomy. There was just so much rain. They couldn't go outside and play. So uh, the kids had all this extra energy and she was just dying to wait for that moment where she could let them uh, turn them loose and let them go home and so finally the time came for them to go home and uh, all the little children had galoshes and boots that they had uh, worn that day because of all the rain that they were having and so uh, she got all 32 children together and she lined them up and she had their boots there and galoshes and so she started helping all those children put on those galoshes and their and their boots and everything and and as she's coming towards the end of her dirty chore uh, there of getting all their shoes on she uh, she comes to the last little girl and she starts putting on uh, this little girl's galoshes and they were tight they were really tight so she's pushing and she's straining and she's working hard and she's sweating and everything trying to get those galoshes on and about the time she gets those galoshes on that little girl little girl looks up to her and she says these aren't my galoshes <laughs> and the lady's just sighed a little bit and so she starts pulling and tugging and and pulling and she's just a sweating and working hard and and she finally gets those galoshes off that little girl and the little girl smiles at her and she says they're my sisters and she lets me wear them <laughs> Well, have you ever been in that situation where you are just so ready to just kind of do physical harm or debating between physical harm and patience? And patience is what we're going to talk about today. Patience is a hard thing to have, and patience is difficult to have so many uh, sometimes. I mean, uh, there's two words of just simply be patient is hard to take at different times in our life. And I think mostly of when I was a little boy, uh, it was hard for me to have patience waiting on something to happen. Uh, you know, uh, 
uh, for most of us as little kids, uh, I think the hardest thing is waiting for Christmas. You know, uh, every, all, every little child wants to have Christmas to come. And, and uh, of course, every parent wants Christmas to be delayed a little bit longer, a little bit longer to get ready for Christmas. But I, every child is, is just dying, waiting for Christmas. And it reminded me of another little story that I read uh, from another pastor. And he said, uh, it's like the little boy that's standing at the bottom of an escalator you know he's in one of those big department stores and there's an escalator and he's just standing there uh, watching the escalator go and he's just sitting there watching the belt go around that's uh, used for the handrail and the and a security guard for the department store comes over and he says what you doing son and he says i'm just waiting for my gun to come back he's waiting on that gun to come back uh, on that belt Patience is difficult. It's hard to wait for something to happen. It's, it's extremely difficult when you feel a sense of urgency or you feel as though something is going on in your life that uh, is hard to manage. And in the book of James, he addresses this in chapter 5. Uh, he, he talks about patience and about the need to have patience. And uh, James begins chapter 5 with talking uh, to uh, his, uh, the people that he's writing to uh, about those perceived injustices. And he talks about how the rich seem to be getting wealthy and seem to be getting all this. And, he, uh, and I can uh, see in my mind's eye James seeing these uh, individuals he's writing to are of course not the rich ones. They're the ones that are having to struggle. The ones that are having to a hard time making, uh, you know, I always, as a little kid, I always wondered what it meant when a uh, parent said uh, that they were having a hard time making ends meet, you know, and I was thinking, well, what kind of meat is ends meet? And and I never could understand what kind of uh, meat that they were always having a hard time with ends meet. I, I never understood that. And But when you're struggling, you're, it's about... Uh, being able to to last from the paycheck you get at the beginning of the month and the paycheck you get at the end of the month, being able to to get things to to be able to to come together so you can pay all your bills and to be able to have food for the table and to be able to have uh, things that your family needs is it's always a struggle and and when you're young and you're and you're uh, just going through life, you think uh, you can't understand why parents fret so much over money. You just think it's easy for your parents to go out and and get what you need and just swipe a little card. Or nowadays, that's what they do. They just swipe a little card. When when I was younger, uh, my parents wrote checks for everything. Just checks, wrote checks for this and a check for that because you didn't want to carry uh, didn't want to carry cash around. Some of you might remember when everybody all they did was carry cash around. And uh, uh, you, you'd, if you didn't have cash in your pocket, you guess what? You just didn't get it, right? And uh, but nowadays we see it seems easy for people just to take out that little piece of plastic, swipe it, and it's for some of us, it's like uh, it's playing uh, roulette or playing uh, uh, with a little. Uh, what do they call the one-armed bandit thing? Let's swipe it and see what happens. And, and just pray that it might go through. And you're saying, come on, baby, I'm waiting for that thing to say approve. But, you know, uh, 
uh, that's not the right approach to have to it. Uh, you got to have, uh, you know, it, it's better to know that there's money in there to, so that when you do have to buy something that you have the funds to cover it. But it's not always easy to be able to wait on the Lord for that to, to happen in your life. And James says in chapter 5, verse um, uh, verse 7, it says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it until he receives the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Uh, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, uh, lest ye also condemn. Behold, the judgment, uh, the judge standeth before the door. So what James is talking about is is having a patience. Now he he at the beginning of chapter five he deals with this whole issue of not hey let's he says hey let's not there are some people in this world that are better off there are some people that that have plenty and and he kind of points to the farmer who seems to have all kinds of uh, of of uh, bountiful harvests coming in. And then James comes to the, the, the farmer that's having struggles in verse 8. And he says, be patient. He says, be patient for the coming of the Lord. Now, what's James mean there by the coming of the Lord? And what he's talking about there is the fact that uh, the God's deliverance to us. Uh, for the farmer, I think that's uh, you farmers that are uh, that are out there that that have crops. You put it in. You can't go out and plant crops in the morning and and then uh, expect to go out there after lunch and be able to plow, uh, plow bring in the harvest. Do you? I mean, no. You 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 got to go out there one day. You might uh, plow. You know the the ground and then the next day you might go out there and and you might set out fertilizer and and get the soil ready and the next day you might go out there and then what put out the seed or you might have to wait a week or so to put out the seed for the conditions to be right and then you got to wait for the crops to grow and it might seem like you're sitting there waiting forever for those crops to come up and you put all that hard work into it and if the uh, if the rain's not right if the sun's not right if if things just aren't the temperature's not right then those little buds won't come up and and you won't see any evidence of a crop uh and you you might have a total crop failure you might or the seed might be bad whatever it might be you you sitting there and you're waiting and you're hoping you're praying that god will will bring the harvest in and that's kind of what james here is talking about be patient um you're waiting for the and he says you the husband is waiting for the precious fruit and he's talking about the one who tends the field the one who goes out and and he's waiting for the precious fruit and and here it's not talking about fruit that's called precious or precious in terms of the fact that it is uh, uh, he's talking about it being precious in terms of uh, the fact that this is your this is what you're 
putting all your hope in for the for the year. This is what you're 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 putting all of your effort into this one crop, and you're praying that that crop will come through. And if that crop doesn't come through, you're wiped out for the year. Or if, uh, and and you're just hoping that that crop will, and you're praying for that crop to come in. And so it's a precious fruit. It's precious in that uh, it's going to be able to sustain you and to be able to uh, provide for you. And he says, he talks about the early and the latter rain and uh, the planting season in uh, Israel at the time had uh, an early crop and then you had a latter crop. The early rain was what was necessary to make sure you got uh, the crops in uh, at the beginning of the season and the latter rain was the rain that you had to ensure that you had so that what you planted wouldn't die out. And so that's what he's talking about, the early and the latter rain. And he's talking about how uh, you never know. Like this year, we had an abundance of rain. And uh, I'm sure the farmers were, were pleased and happy when they saw plenty of rain, didn't have to irrigate, didn't have to uh, pump water and all that kind of thing. But before they had all that irrigation, guess what? You were just praying for the rain to come. You're just praying that, that God would provide enough rain so that you, your crops wouldn't die out in the field, so that uh, what you had planted out there wouldn't be baked by the sun. And uh, uh, I can remember as a child, uh, uh, we didn't. We lived in the city. We didn't live in the country, and so we didn't have uh, an opportunity to see crops grow and all that. But my parents, uh, they wanted us to learn how to take care of things, and they wanted us to learn that experience. And so my mom and dad went out, and they got us uh, about six or eight tomato saplings. You know, the little things that you get, at, the little plants that you get at the store. Uh, they're just starting out, and we kind of planted them by the house. And, and every day when we came and went, we looked at those tomatoes to see if they were growing any and made sure they had enough water and all that kind of thing. And it was tough waiting on those. After a while, we kind of almost forgot that they were there because not that we weren't taking care of them, but it's just that it seemed like all we were doing is watering and waiting, just watering and waiting and waiting and waiting and water and water and wait and wait and you're thinking when in the world is this thing going to grow when is it going to to start give i want a tomato sandwich now you know and uh uh so uh uh but finally i can remember that tomato getting uh, tomato plant getting big enough to where all of a sudden you, uh, you get out there one morning and you you're watering the plants and all of a sudden there's these little green uh, little uh, uh, balls on there and you, you realize those are little tomatoes that are getting ready to come out and, and you see those little tomatoes starting to grow bigger and bigger and then they start to redden and everything. Well, you got to wait until the right moment to pluck those tomatoes, right? You can't go out there and, and, and pick them when they're uh, sm- small and tiny and green because they won't taste good and they won't, won't, won't be worth your time. You, wanna, you want them to get nice and big so that you can uh, slice one and have it to 
cover your whole sandwich, you know, just one slice. You want a nice big one. So you have to have patience. And that's what uh, James is, is sharing with us. We've got to be patient for God. God's not forgotten us is the message. Patience means uh, understanding that God is going to be there for us. He says in verse 8, Be also patient and establish your heart for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. He says, realize that uh, that he's talking to people who are going through persecution. He's talking to people that are that are having difficulties and struggles, and they're they're uh, being taxed heavily by the Roman government, and they're enduring hardship because they're an oppressed nation, and they are enduring these struggles. And it's so much easier when it seems like if you've got all the money in the world that if you can if you're having a little bit of difficulty or struggle with your crops, it's okay. You've got money to take care of that. Uh, and in a real sense, in James's time, if you didn't work each day, if you didn't bring in crops every day, uh, you, and you didn't have crops set aside from when, uh, grain set aside from when uh, crops were coming in, then you didn't eat. You didn't have anything. So you had to work and struggle. And he says, be patient because God's coming to bring uh, judgment. And he says, don't have grudge against one another. Now, he's talking about don't have grudges against uh your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ uh, don't ha- is what we would put it in terms of today. Don't have grudge against your fellow man uh, for having uh, one being blessed of God and you're not having a blessing. He says, because the judge um, uh, standeth before the door. He says, look, God is bringing judgment. God is going to take care. Uh, he's going to make sure that you have what you need and make sure that you have uh, what is is coming. You just need to have patience. And uh, I remember as a young man, uh, patience was something I had to work hard on. I think I I think I grew up uh, and learned a lot of of about patience. And I, I'm not saying I'm the most patient person, but. Uh, as a as a child of a, someone who had um, uh, a handicap, uh, I had to learn patience. My daddy uh, had polio when he was young, 10, 11 years old, and he grew up uh, on crutches and and had to uh, to struggle to get and do the things that we uh, normally do without even thinking about it. And as a young person, I had and I, I might have been. From the time I was little, like five, until I was uh, through high school and out into college and into life, my, I can remember always being called upon by my mother. Now, uh, as a little child, I couldn't possibly do anything if my dad fell off of those crutches, except go run and get somebody to get some help. But as an older person, uh, as a young man, I could have uh, been there to help my dad, if he had started to, to slip, you know, he, he walked on these crutches that had rubber tips. And, and uh, with polio, he had a precarious time having a balance. And, and it was a struggle as he got older just to stand up. And as my dad would walk on those crutches, uh, he would have to basically um, 
Now, he was able to do this a lot easier as a younger man, but he, he'd have to basically, uh, you know, lift his crutches forward and then take a step. And as he got older, it was more of a struggle to lift those crutches and put them out in front of him and, and take a few steps. And so just simply to walk across a room, uh, it took time and I'd have to stand there. And, and my job as a young man and as a young person, as a child even, was to just stand there and watch my dad walk and just to make sure that my dad didn't fall, make sure he didn't uh, uh, have problems because the slightest little bit of, of moisture on a tile floor, he'd go slipping and sliding all over the place. And if there was a, uh, uh, if somebody had walked in and, and they'd gotten a, a pebble maybe in their shoe and it'd come loose while they were inside, if he accidentally came across that pebble or a grain of sand or something with that crutch, that would, crutch would just slip out in front of him and he would lose his balance and fall. He didn't fall all the time, mind you. He just, uh, it was, but, you know, you don't like falling either. And and as a person that has the ability to just stand up after you fall, it's not as big of a deal. But as you get older, it's harder and harder. For my dad, it was uh, he had to basically have someone stand him up if he fell because of the fact that he had no way of keeping himself from falling and and he had no way of getting himself up. He could get up from a sitting position, but not from being sprawled out on the ground. So it was my job to sit there and watch. My brother, it was his job to watch my dad. And as we would walk through a room, we would stand, we'd walk a few steps before and turn around and watch him walk or be next to him and just wait for him to come forward. And, and it would seem like it would take forever. And it probably seemed like I'm talking about this forever too, just to see how patient you are. But that was the process with my dad. And... You'd, sometimes it was like, oh, I wish I could just pick him up and, and we could go because we'd be in a hurry. And, uh, you're only going to get my dad to go so fast. Well, I'm sure some of you have a situation in your life where you have an older family member that might not be as mobile as they are uh, were at one time and it takes some time or it takes some time to get up and to get going and get dressed in the morning and you're sitting there, come on, come on, we got to go. Or maybe you're an adult and you have children and you're sitting there and you're waiting. Uh, oh my goodness, how long is it going to take them to do their hair? How long is it going to take them to get dressed? Uh, and Or you have wee little ones and, and you tell them to go get dressed and you go in the room and you find that they're in the corner playing instead of getting dressed, right? And you're like, come on, come on get dressed come on we got to hurry and get going we place ourselves in a lot of that stress don't we and uh but it's even more difficult when we allow ourselves to have that that stress over waiting on god now think about this Uh, we know that god desires good for us and we know that god's going to care for us we know that god is going to protect us but we don't see the whole picture, do we? We don't see it from God's perspective. We can't look down on our lives and say, okay, I can see where uh, this is going. God's going to take care of it over here. Uh, And so I just need to wait a little bit longer and He's going to take care of it. No, we don't know when God's going to care for us the way that, that we need. We just know that He's going to care for us. And so having patience on God is difficult. James here is saying, be, pa- be patient. 
Be patient. And really, James is, is coming from uh, Psalm 36. Uh, Let's see, Psalm 37. This is where he's getting this from. It says in Psalms 37, uh, verse 7, it says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of Him who prospereth in His way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And here the psalmist is saying, look, don't be so upset at those who are doing... Look, that guy over here that just... It seems like he can't help himself to, to get all this money. It just keeps flowing and it keep, everything keeps happening good for him. He's a... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> He's a uh, somebody that doesn't go to church. He's not saved. He's lives like a heathen doing all kinds of bad stuff and it seems like God just keeps on blessing him and heaping more blessings on him and the thing is the psalmist is saying look don't be so upset at the fact of what's happening to him that you want to do evil to him don't allow his fortune in life to cause you to have a struggle and have anger and have wrath for this person. He says, don't do evil. Don't allow that to cause you to have evil thoughts in your life. Wait on God. Wait on Him. Think about Abraham. Do you think he could have learned a little bit of patience? Now, he, he wasn't fretting over those who were prospering all around him, but he was fretting over the fact that he didn't have an heir. Abraham had a, a visit from God and God told him that he was going to have a child by the next year. And Abraham, he says, next year, I can't wait till next year. I'm already 90 years old. My wife's uh, getting old too. And he says, I can't possibly wait. And not only that, God makes him wait even a little longer, doesn't he? And, but then Abraham says, well, maybe uh, God meant for me to go in and, and be with Hagar instead to have a child that way. So he goes and does that, and he causes all this problem with Ishmael and all that. Don't you think uh, he could have used a little bit of patience? Be patient on God. Patiently wait on Him. It's hard to wait on God, isn't it? You're sitting there saying, God, bless me. Not just bless me, but bless me now! We want to live, we're, we're, we're so used to getting everything right now. Right now. Started off with the microwaves, didn't it? You can cook your meal in 30 seconds and it'd be piping hot, ready to go. Now it's those. You want to know uh, who won the World Series in 1928 and you don't know it off the top of your head? Guess what? Oh, okay, it was so and so. You can look it up on the internet, doesn't matter where you are. Or you want to, uh, you, you're, you're ready to take a picture. Oh, I didn't bring my camera. Oh, I'll just take a picture with my phone. Or I want to listen to that song. It, it doesn't matter if you have the song on your device or not. You can just call it up on the internet and listen to it right away. Yeah. Buy it. Buy the whole album like that. It doesn't matter where you are. We've gotten so accustomed to having everything now. But the problem is, right now is not always the time that God desires 
to do something in your life. Wait on God. Be patient. Don't worry about what is happening in other people's lives. Don't worry about what's going on with that person over there. You, you think, uh, think about Jonah. God came to Jonah and told him to, to go and to witness to those people in Nineveh. Jonah was like, witness to them? Talk to them? I don't want to do that. You know what kind of people those people are in Nineveh? Oh, they just, they just, uh, just as soon hit you over the head with a fish as it was to talk to you. I don't want to go to those people with Nineveh. Actually, no, Nineveh, uh, the people in Nineveh would, were just cruel. And they were going around and, and killing and mutilating people, Israelites. And so what did Jonah do? He went the opposite direction instead of uh, trying to witness for God. And then when God directed him back, to Nineveh by way of the great fish. He went through Nineveh and he started witnessing to all those people and he got done and he came and he sat on a high place and he says, okay, I, okay, God, I did what you wanted me to do. Now you can rain down your terror on them. Now you can just wipe them out like you did Sodom and Gomorrah. And he sits there and he's waiting and he's waiting. Well, why is he wanting that? He, he's wanting that because he says those people are evil. Bring your judgment now. God says, no, I want to bring grace now. The whole city uh, repents, has a revival. And Jonah's like, why didn't you punish them now? Now's not the time. Now's not the time. Now the time was for grace. Punishment came later. Nineveh, those people that were doing evil, God's judgment came on them eventually, but that was the time for grace. Who are we to say, God, do this now. We need to have patience. Wait on God. Trust in Him. Let's pray.